Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for that rain that watered the ground, freshened up the air, Lord, that washes things clean. Lord God, we pray that as we gather here today, that you would pour out your living water upon us, Lord, that you would help it to come out from our hearts, Lord God, and that we pray that you would wash us clean by the power of your grace and mercy. Lord, thank you for the gift of this day. Thank you for another opportunity to praise you and glorify you. And we pray, Lord God, that you would speak to us this morning, that you would reveal yourself here. Lord, give me your words to speak to your people, and give us all your words, Lord God, to speak to this world, that your hope might be known. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning! It is great to see you all this morning. Now, there was a movie that came out in the year 1993, starring Bill Murray and Andy McDowell. Anyone got a guess? Groundhog Day, I've heard it. There you go, good. You got you're all over this. It was about a weatherman, played by Bill Murray, who was out to cover the weather in Puxatawney, Pennsylvania, for Groundhog Day. Right, so Bill Murray goes out there, he gets caught in a blizzard, and then he gets stuck in a time warp, where every day for Bill Murray is Groundhog Day. Every day. Needless to say, this leads to some funny situations, right? Anytime you got Bill Murray and Groundhog Day, you know it's going to turn out well. Now, the idea, though, that you could try things over and over again, this concept of Groundhog Day... Uh, that you would do it again and again until you get it right, strikes me as both comforting in some ways, right? That I could call a mulligan or get a gimme or a do-over, right? That'd be great. I'd love, I, I, I've got a life full of needed do-overs, right, in the past. But also a little terrifying, too, right? Because if you do it over, what is the, what can you do? Make it worse, right? Or do it wrong again. And you've ever been on like the tee box of a, a, a golf course and hit your first ball terribly and then pull out another one thinking it's going to go a lot better and it's worse? Right? Yeah, it, it can get worse. And sometimes it does. Right? So it's a little scary, but hopeful, this concept. Now, in the movie, Bill Murray was blessed by the fact that every day, that Groundhog Day, every day he woke up and he remembered how he had lived the day before. Right? He remembered what he'd done well and what he'd done wrong during that previous Groundhog Day. What about everyone else around him? They didn't remember anything. For them, it was the first, it was Groundhog Day, and they just, they'd never experienced it before, you know, in that same way. Right? So, um, is life the same for us in that way? Like, do when you, today, do people remember what you did or said yesterday? No. <laughs> yes, they do. Right, so while you might get another chance to do something, another opportunity, the problem is, is you've got a whole history behind us. We've all got a history behind us, right? That is remembered. Those things are there. Every day is different. And the things we did yesterday are still with us and with others. We know that when a situation or an opportunity comes that's a new one, but in some ways a reliving of an old situation, that... It'll be different than the last time we saw it, because we'll be different, right? You might have a situation that's similar, but it's never exactly the same, like in that Groundhog Day movie. But there are times in our life where we are presented with a similar situation, 
which to one in which we've failed previously, that gives us an opportunity, a new opportunity at it, a chance to do it a little different, to make some changes, and to hopefully have a different outcome than the one that still haunts us in the past. The Bible shows us how this can work and gives us hope for redemption in Jesus Christ. Now we see this hope clearly in the life of Peter, as revealed in our gospel passage for today. Now our account takes place after the resurrection of Jesus from the dead, and according to John, this is the third appearance of Jesus to his disciples since the resurrection. In our passage, therefore, the trial, the death of Jesus, and his resurrection are all behind us, and we are preparing for his ascension to the right hand of the Father after 40 days. In this passage, he shows himself to the disciples in this way. They're hanging out, they're bored, and so what do they decide to do? Go fishing, right? It's what the guys decide to do, they go fishing. And like most fishing trips, or at least most fishing trips that I'm on, how much do they catch initially? Nothing, right? They fish all night, caught nothing. And so then this wise guy on the shore calls out to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? You know, and so like Peter and the other disciples are thinking, like, a good comeback. Something that will show that they're, you know, they're not exhausted from fishing all night. Something that will show they're really gifted and talented fishermen, you know, and that will kind of put this guy in his place. But like most wise comebacks, what comes out is no. No. And then like, shoot! Shoot, that was not what I wanted to say. But they haven't caught any fish. So he tells them to cast their net on the other side of the boat. And the disciples at this point could have been like, look, we already tried that, buddy. Like, we already tried to cast on the other side of the net. Like, just leave us alone so that we can hang out and enjoy our time. But instead, they listen to him. For some reason, they listen to this guy on the shore. They cast their net on the other side of the boat. And there are so many fish in their net that they can't Call it in. Now this event is remarkable. But it's even more remarkable because this is the second time this has happened to Peter. The first time took place in Luke chapter 5 when Jesus is calling his disciples. That's when Peter first experienced this thing. That passage tells us, Jesus says to Peter, push out into deep water, let down your nets for some fish. Peter said to him, Teacher, we have worked all night and have caught nothing. You see any parallels so far? Work all night, caught nothing. Fish all night, caught nothing. Both circumstances. But because you told me to, I will let the net down. When they had done this, they caught so many fish that their net started to break. Their net started to break. Peter then, after this event, comes ashore, falls at the feet of Jesus, and proclaims, Go away from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. He has encountered the Lord, and it has revealed to him his brokenness. But Jesus responds to him, Do not be afraid. From now on you will fish for men. When they came to land with their boats, they left everything and followed Jesus. That's how that Luke chapter 5 goes. Right is the calling of Peter to be his disciple. The revelation that Jesus is Lord. And then Peter leaves everything behind. Realizes he's broken, but then receives the invitation of Jesus Christ to follow him. 
And after that point, they were called to be fishers of people, to catch people for the kingdom of God. But here they are, having been made fishers of men, and now where are they? Back at the lake fishing for what? Fish! Fish, Right? Fish. And so Jesus repeats the event for them to remind them of their mission. Right? They've seen Jesus Christ resurrected. They know that the grave has not won the victory, but that Jesus has conquered. And yet here they are back fishing. Jesus wants to get them back on target. To restate their call as disciples and to remind them who they are as servants of Christ. Now back to our account today from uh, from our reading today. And John is in the boat and he identifies the guy on the shore as Jesus. So Peter then throws on his clothes because apparently back then you fished naked, which I think might put a damper on many fishing trips these days, especially to like Alaska or places like that. And Peter jumps in the water and swims the hundred yards to shore. There on the shore, Jesus is sitting by a charcoal fire. Now this might sound like a passing detail or something that is just, you know, giving some shape to the scene. But I think it's an important detail. Because the last time in the Gospel of John that we saw a charcoal fire was on the night that Jesus Christ was betrayed. According to chapter 18, it says, Now the slaves and the police had made a charcoal fire because it was cold, and they were standing around it and warming themselves. Peter also was standing with them and warming himself. You see the circular nature of things, this repetition with Peter, with the catching of the fish, the charcoal fire. And these guys ask him, he's already been asked once if he knows Jesus, right? And he said no. He gets asked now the second time, you are not also one of his disciples, are you? He denied it and said, I am not. One of the slaves of the high priest, a relative of the man whose ear Peter had cut off, asked, did I not see you in the garden with him? Again, Peter denied it, and at that moment, the cock crowed. It was there at a charcoal fire that Peter had denied Jesus. And now here is Jesus, with Peter standing before him with a charcoal fire in between the two of them. Peter has just had his call restated, and having just with the recreation of the miraculous catch of fish. And Jesus feeds Peter and asks him a a series of three questions. Do you think it's significant that he asks him three questions? Why? He denied Jesus three times on the eve of his trial. And now here he has three chances where he's asked by Jesus questions. And so from our passage, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Feed my lambs. A second time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And he said to him, Yes, Lord. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, Tend my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter felt hurt because he said to him the third time, Do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. And then that passage closes by saying, after this, he said to him, follow me. 
Now, we don't live in the Groundhog Day movie. Our life doesn't start again with a blank slate each day. But God can make all things new. And he has done this in his son, Jesus Christ. We can be forgiven and set free from our failures by the grace of Jesus Christ. In Peter's life, we see this redemption at work, where the Lord God takes Peter, who had denied him three times, and brings him back, calls him again, establishes again that relationship with him, and allows him to speak against those denials and to speak truth instead. Where in our lives have we turned away from the Lord? Where have we denied him? Where have we had opportunities to be faithful, to reach out a hand in love to someone but have fallen short? Things that our Lord called us to but we denied. Where have we even denied knowing Jesus Christ? God can take those situations, those circumstances, and he can heal them and redeem them. So that like Peter, he no longer is the disciple who denied Jesus three times, but rather the one who has affirmed his faith in Jesus Christ three times. May the Lord take our relationship with him and heal it and restore those broken places. And as he does that, may he take our relationships with others and may he reach back into the past and allow us to be a part of healing wounds broken bonds, failed promises. May he give us the grace to confess where we have fallen short, to forgive where others have wounded, and to seek life and restoration. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ speak to us today, and may his life give us a new life. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you that you are the God who restores Lord, you are the God who restores the years the locusts have eaten. You are the God who takes the broken and binds it up. You are the God who takes the hurting and heals it. And we pray, Lord God, for healing and binding up in our lives. We pray that you would speak to those points of pain in our life where we have denied you. That you would speak to those places, Lord God, where we have fallen short of your call for us those times when we were called to love and we didn't, those times when we were called to bear testimony and we ran, those times when we were called to be faithful and we denied. We pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us and that in forgiving us, you would set us free from the pain of our past. Help us, Lord God, to seek restoration, to seek healing, And to see your redemption, Lord God, pour out from the foot of the cross and through our lives. That we might live at peace with others. That we might have relationships healed. That we might have walls torn down. And that we might have life conquer death. And we pray this by the power of your name. Amen.